0: This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. You know they just out physicaled us. They they executed
1: better. They they played harder than us. Um, they beat us. We can't let that happen. We got to do everything we can. They're really good in the run game. They run run right at you and run mid zone and uh, have RPOs that a really good quarterback throws off that. And the running back is is one of the best that we'll see. Really good player. So uh, we got to be ready for that on defense and i got to try to establish run game on offense and that doesn't change week to week, but these guys really demand it out of you when you play Minnesota.
0: And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robert Washett taking your questions now in the mailbag. You just heard from Scott Frost talking about a year ago where that was a pretty miserable night in Minneapolis. It was cold. Guys just didn't show up ready to play. If you remember, Noah Bedrill started in place of Adrian Martinez. They put a lot of that game plan back on Maurice Washington and he just wanted no part of running between the tackles on that cold Minneapolis night, and Nebraska got embarrassed. And it, it was kind of a turning point of the year in some respects because I, I, I think it was right after Ohio State had already done that to him, and it just took the season off the rails a little bit at that point. So how will Nebraska respond? That will be a big part of it. Robin, let's get to the questions here in the mailbag. What about bowl games? How will the Big Ten bowl games be decided – Can Big Ten teams go to other bowl games outside of the Big Ten? Well, the best way to describe the bowl games, right now the Big Ten has six open contracts. They've had three cancel, one in Michigan, one in San Francisco, and then one in New York. Uh, Probably not a shocker that those states aren't hosting bowl games this year. But um, Nebraska in the league has six, and if they get another New Year's Six spot, which they probably have a good shot to, they'll have seven. So you're looking at seven teams in the Big Ten maybe going to Bulls out of 14. There are four teams that are Big Ten bowl game locks. Indiana, Iowa, Northwestern, Ohio State. And then there are ten teams at two wins. And those ten teams are fighting for three spots. And I think today right now, Nebraska and Penn State would be in really good position. Because Penn State's going to probably beat Michigan State. And they're going to probably win their crossover. And they'll be four and five. Um, And they will have won like multiple games in a row. So I think they're good. If Nebraska wins two in a row, I think they're in. Um, I, I think Wisconsin. If the Big Ten and Bowl Partners had their druthers, they would like Wisconsin to be the other team in that group. But what happens at Iowa? If Wisconsin beats Iowa. They're in a bowl for sure. Mm-hmm. But if they lose to Iowa and then win their crossover, then it becomes a debate with Maryland and probably Wisconsin. I mean, so there's some debate still on kind of where this will go with seven spots, but. I think it's pretty cut and dry and as far as bowl games outside the Big Ten, I don't think there's just gonna be any availabilities. Other other leagues have enough teams that wanna go and they have contracts with those leagues. They're not gonna you know, there's no win requirement. You can take anybody you want in these bowls.
1: Yeah, and so it's not just a matter of well, Nebraska's you know, going to have the the best TV ratings, and if they're allowed fans, are going to travel the best like that. I don't think that factors into it much at all, uh, if at all. And so, you know, really in you know, Nebraska, they they control their own destiny, like you said, because you know I'm with you. If you got, uh, you know, a Nebraska team sitting there with you know four wins, I don't see them leaving them out of a bowl. Uh, you know, especially with all the other perks that come with it. Now, the only hope is that more bowl games don't continue to get axed uh, I don't know how many have already been uh, canceled for this year uh, but if they maintain with the numbers that they have right now I think Nebraska like I said uh, has an, a great opportunity to get back to a bowl game in a year that you know a few weeks ago uh, I never would have imagined they'd be in this conversation
0: question about Isaac Zatica the son of former Husker John Zatica who was an offensive lineman on Scott Frost's 97 team Will he get an offer, a preferred walk on offer? Where do things sit with Isaac, uh, the Elkhorn South offensive lineman? And, you know, that's an interesting one uh, because they don't really have any numbers to give. And, you know, I think if they were able to work something out, it could be like a Ty Han situation. Maybe you say, look, walk on for two, go on scholarship for three. Obviously, they like him. Um, I think not being able to see him in camp has made it tough. Um, But, yeah, it, it will be interesting to see if Nebraska can work something out with Isaac Zatica. Uh, next question. If for some reason a third quarterback had to go in the game, could Logan Smothers operate the offense? I, I would say yes.
1: I mean, probably to an extent. Uh, is he going to be able to run the same amount of plays that Adrian Martinez is Is no, and that's just because he hasn't gotten the the reps. And, you know, you got to wonder, too, just how many – if any, of uh, first-team reps he's gotten since he's been here, uh, especially with the you know the the back-and-forth between Adrian and Luke. There just haven't been that many first-team reps to go around. So, I mean, I'm sure he could be able to, I mean, just from a talent standpoint, manage it, but I would imagine that game plan would
0: be awfully condensed. All right, taking questions in the mailbag. Assuming that Deontay Williams and Markel Desmuk move on, who are the starting safeties for next year? I mean, I think today you would assume that Miles Farmer gets himself back. He'd mm-hmm. be one of them. And then be Gifford uh, or Pola Gates, right? Isaac Gifford or Paula Gates. And then, you know, unless an Adab Joseph could play safety. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's a question. I mean, the entire secondary outside of Cam Taylor-Britt right now would be a question just because some of these guys could come back, um, you know, and, and some could go pro. And I, I think most think Deontay Williams will go pro. He's already 24. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's been around for, for a while and he's done enough. I mean, I don't know what more he could accomplish with another year. Um, you know, Desmuke. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I guess there's an opportunity for him to come back, but I don't know. So I think one of those young guys, and you know, when that conversation came up after Miles went down, you know, who was the next guy up at safety, Uh, you know, both Travis Fisher uh, and Eric Shenander, you know, had no hesitation saying that, uh, you know, no Paul Gates and Isaac Gifford are the next guys up and we feel good about them. So they're going to get their opportunities to show what they can do. And maybe in a couple weeks, uh, you're feeling a little bit better about the future of that position going forward, assuming both those seniors are gone.
0: Here's an interesting question. Are Nebraska fans, are they our own worst enemy? Because sometimes the standards get set too high. It leads to heartbreak every season can the dedication and passion almost be a detriment to the program? And I think it's a fair take, but in reality, it's the passion and the support that makes yeah. Nebraska relevant.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can look at it as a negative, but the, the positives of that passion far outweigh the cons the expectations should be high and fans should want their team to compete at a championship level because of not only what they invest into it but what the state and the university and, and how much um you know emotionally financially uh, is invested into nebraska football they should demand a, a higher product than what we've been getting the last four years and so yeah i mean it sets up high expectations and uh you know puts a lot of pressure on the football team to produce but you know that's why Scott Frost came to Nebraska. That's why all these players committed to play for Nebraska was to have those level of expectations, and they want to compete for champions just as much as anybody else. And for the fans to want it, I don't think that separates them from anybody else. You don't think Alabama fans feel that way, or Georgia fans, or any of those. I mean, Nebraska is not an isolated situation where there are certain segments of the of the fan base that are you know have wild expectations. But I think by and large that support is far more of a positive
0: than it is a negative. Did Matt Lubick call plays against Purdue? And, Robin, you watch it on TV, so you can kind of see when they zoom in on Frost. But correct me if I'm wrong, do you see Frost kind of looking into a big play sheet anymore?
1: No. I mean, rarely, no.
0: So it, it, it seems like some of his plate has been cleared Yeah, where he's got kind of a, a protege that he can communicate with that can communicate calls at the level that frost wants them communicated with.
1: Yeah. And Lubick actually uh, kind of explained that earlier this week where he said that really, it's not a matter about calling plays. It's about just like agreeing upon situations, the, the, the predetermined plays they've already scripted. Uh, Cause they said the preparation that goes on through the week, like basically he said, the game's called it's a matter of, when to run plays that they already planned on running. And so he's on the headset with frost a lot. So he's got the play sheet and he's going to like, you know, it's third and three He's like, all right, Scott, we got third and three situations. This play, this play, this play. And frost is like, I like this. He's like, I do too. Call it. That's kind of how it goes right now. So, uh, you know, frost has probably just as much input as he does in the offense, but you know, he's not sitting there looking at a play sheet,
0: essentially being offensive
1: coordinator, head coach all in once.
0: All right. And one final question Will and should Nebraska look at taking McKenzie Milton? No, they will not take him. And the reason I say that is, number one, do you want to blow up your whole quarterback room? Go ahead and do that. Number two, can he play football? I mean, do we even know? I mean, he almost had to have his leg amputated. He hasn't played football since 2018. And I think the pressure would be unbelievable for him to kind of recapture his 2017 glory and 18 glory. Uh, but that's not happening.
1: Yeah, and you know, keep in mind, you got two guys that are about as well-liked as any players on the team in Adrian and Luke, and Adrian's a two-time captain selected by his teammates, so he's about as popular of a player as there is on the team. And with the way he's playing right now to suddenly throw his job out the window for uh, a guy, like you said, that hasn't played in, in – as long as McKenzie has, I think that's you're doing yourself a disservice. You know, I think it's different than the Joe Burrow situation where, you know, Joe was healthy and he was still, you know, a pretty high profile guy. Uh, nobody knows what type of player McKenzie Milton is right now. And I think the cons far outweigh the pros there.
0: All right. When we come back, Nate Klaus will join us. We are, believe it or not, less than a week away from the early signing day. We'll get Nate's thoughts on Nebraska's latest commit, Raquan Buckley. And we'll get you ready for signing day next week. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.